begin to bless his name give him glory thank you jesus for life eternal thank you for righteousness thank you for your atonement thank you father for the forgiveness of sins thank you for giving me your holy spirit i praise you i adore you lord you are so loving and lovable thank you thank you jesus i love you i love you i want to gaze on you all day long ah 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 thank you thank you you are adorable lord i bless you i give you praise you are all i want you are all i need i magnify you lord Tango, Ziva, Tesako, Tenemako, Bratestavazi, Zalako Pashtenol, Kato, Samano, Kumrazi, Zivalako, Letesako, Meleko, Mariesu, Zavakata, Nosatati, Lengro, Shafrana, Sise, Kamalatuza. Thank you, Father. We love you. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we bless your name and give you glory. We just love that we are in your presence. We just love to hang around you, to go out with you, to gaze on you, to draw from you, to receive from you, and to give to you our devotion. You are so loving, so kind, and so merciful. For this we ascribe all the glory to you, for there is no other God besides thee. We have come to you today with our hearts opened to hear your voice. That this will not be an ordinary meeting, but our hearts will be stirred up. Let these words come as rivers that will cleanse and wash. Let it come as food that will feed and strengthen. Let it come as a rod to comfort and correct your people. In the name of the Lord Jesus. That we all with an unveiled face as we behold us in the mirror. The glory of God are changed into the same image from glory to glory. Even by the spirit of God. Fill us with the knowledge of your will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding that we will walk worthy of you unto all pleasing and bearing fruits unto you in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Strengthen with might and with all power unto patience, long-suffering with joy. We thank you, Father, that we come to the unity of faith and to the knowledge of the Son of God, unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stage of the fullness of Christ. That, Father, we will speak the truth in love because we are edified by your potent power in us. We give you glory that we are never the same again. In Jesus' name, amen. Please be seated. I'm excited that you are here because when it rains like this and people come for service that service was a sacrifice it was not just a service you came if it if the weather makes it impossible for you to come to church and you're still able to come to church that particular service you attended was a sacrifice are you following me so what you just did was a sacrifice because people can also give an excuse that because of the rains they will not come to church hallelujah uh, so God bless you. Now, um, in the book of Revelation, chapter 3, the verse 17, uh, sometimes as the Lord tests my spirit before I teach my message, he just gives me some morning devotion for you. In the book of Revelation, chapter 3, the verse 17, um, there was a word that came from our Lord Jesus Christ to the Laodicean church. And I think this word should alarm every Christian because um, what is said to the church then, he's saying to the church today. Are you following that? Um, about the deception um, that we have when we become comfortable. It can be very dangerous as children of God anytime we, be, we begin to get relaxed and comfortable. Now, if you don't take care as a child of God, comfort and relaxation may be the reason why your relationship with God will be kept. He said to them in the verse 17, he says, because thou sayest, because that was what they were assuming it was. I am rich. 
that means my life has become comfortable i can be able to afford things that i couldn't afford before he says i am rich and increased with goods so every child of god must be very careful anytime your financial status begins to change or the goods you have begins to increase then he says and have need of nothing ah then he says and knowest not so he's telling them the actual situation in the spirit realm it is only God that can define your state in the spirit men can look at you and say oh this is a wonderful Christian this, this is a very powerful Christian so we, we are using that to interpret a bigger reality than what I'm saying some can see you praying and they can say you're on fire some can see you in a nice car and you say this guy God has blessed him some can see you uh, you know with a good salary and people can, can be like no this guy looks like God has blessed him be careful because he said to them because thou sayest that's what you are saying and not what God is saying he says you say that you are rich and increasing goods and have need of nothing and knowest not that thou art what? wretched so now God is giving an account of their state in the spirit when they were saying that they have increased in goods they were okay to do on the physical realm that's quite alarming he says thou art wretched and what? miserable and poor and what? blind and naked so you can be clothed with Versace and in the spirit you are naked you can be clothed in Tommy Hill figure in the flesh which is very expensive and in the spirit you are seen as naked now this is very alarming so listen to me to God huh? when you become rich physically He's, he's glad and excited but that is not his main goal his main goal is your state in the spirit realm your state in the spirit realm is what matters to God so anything that God is giving to you physically is supposed to be a tool or a channel or an instrument through which you will get more closer to him and advance his kingdom please are you following this thing at all so don't be deceived when you begin to have good or some great things begin to happen in your life what God is telling you is that he's trying to make life comfortable so that you can be able to discomfort yourself in him Is someone getting this thing? Let me warn you because some of you, God is going to make you so much rich. So I need to warn you. There is a place that God can make life comfortable for you. Haven't you realized that you serve God more when there's no money? Oh, you've not realized it. That your spirituality is on a higher level when there's no food. When your salary is low, when we say pray for new jobs, you are the best. Candy, a candle, a You know, a rich man who is earning fifty thousand dollars a month. When you say pray for new jobs, you'll be like, Cecily said. <laughs> so, you see, there's zeal. Your boiling point as a child of God is intensified when all seems to be well physically. Are you getting what I'm saying? So. The danger is that the more comfortable you are physically, the more dangerous it is or it becomes in your service of God. That's why sometimes it takes God time to bless certain people materially. You know why? Because God is, he can predict what you can do when he begins to bring certain resources to your disposable, to, to your disposal now. So he has to delay it a little so he can build a little capacity in you so you will not mess up when abundance comes. So there are some of you, your financial hardship is actually God's intention for you in the now. To learn quickly so that when abundance or more resources begins to come to you, you will know 
that God should be your first point of reference. Listen to me. God doesn't want to be your number one. You know, when you say God is my number one, it means there are other things on the list and you have made him number one. He wants to be the one. <laughs> I repeat. God doesn't want to be the number one on your priority. He wants to be the one. If he's number one, that means there are other competing forces. It is likely he may be number three very soon. But he wants to be the one. That means every other thing surrounds in him. So money cannot compete because anytime money comes, it is for him. Marriage cannot compete because that marriage is founded on him. He is the one. I said what I said just by the spirit. So now you got to be very careful when you're getting comfortable. Hallelujah. So we've been looking at the importance and power of quiet time. Now, this message, eh, don't take it for granted. Never take what I'm teaching you for granted. Any message that is preached here, don't take for granted. I know what I'm saying. Go back and listen to them again. Listen to the messages over and over. Some of you will understand things I said two months ago in the message. You will understand in the next three years. I'm telling you. Play them. Put them in your... Get a, um, a headphone. Get a headset. Move with it. Sleep with it. Keep listening to the thing. It will start changing you. I'm telling you. Something will change. Sleep with it. When you are sleeping, play it. When you wake up, play it. On your way to work, play it. It will change something about your life. Listen, there is power in consistency. Eh? In the realm of the spirit, eh, if you want to break out, it is inconsistency. It's a secret many people don't know. You operate in higher dimensions in the spirit through the power of consistency. In fact, spirits take you serious when you are consistent about something. That's why you have to watch pornography over time before the spirit of perversion sees your seriousness in it. Before he takes over. You must pray in your energy for some time consistently before the spirit of supplication through the power of the Holy Ghost sees your seriousness and now fills you with the power and spirit of prayer that you want to, you want to stop praying, you can't stop praying. It's inconsistency. Listen, that's how Satan can predict human behavior. He has stayed with human beings for a long time. And he knows one problem with humans. Consistency. When you set your heart upon God, that every single day I will pray before the day ends. Don't stop it. Don't stop it. Let nothing stop it. There are some of you that quiet time you have begun. It may seem as though it's nothing. Let me tell you the truth. It is after three, four years of consistency that you realize that you are now harvesting all the sacrifice you made to devote yourself to God. I am telling you. Consistency. So, we were looking at the power importance of quiet time and there were three things that we said we are going to look at we said number one we are going to look at uh, we, we want to look at why should we have a quiet time there were three reasons which is actually a whole series on its own the reason why we should have quiet time is because we need fellowship with God do you remember that and we began to give why is daily fellowship with God so important? You remember that, right? We said, number one, because we were created to have fellowship with God. It is your default. Your natural default was that you were created to have fellowship with God. Number two, we said that because what? Jesus Christ died on the cross so that fellowship would be restored. So the reason or the essence of his death was so that you will be back. 
That's why daily fellowship with God is important. That's what he has died for. So, you see, I'm going to come there in the, in, in the next two minutes. Number three, we said because the regular quiet time during Jesus' earthly ministry was the source of his strength. This is the man that woke, rose up a great one before day. One, all men was, were asleep. And this just reminds me, let me just go off course a bit. I, I, I moved from home this dawn to come and pray at church. And that same street, eh, that when it is in the day, it becomes so busy and takes me close to one hour, 30 minutes to get to this place. It took me 20 minutes to get to the church. And God began to teach me something in the spirit about what causes speed. Now, if you want to move in speed in the spirit, you do what ordinary men don't do. Now, let me explain. Do you realize that at dawn, many people are asleep? And it's because many are asleep, that is how come the road was clear. I was awake, so I had an advantage. I got here before time. So, for example, you are the type of believer who prays when every believer is asleep. That means waking up at dawn to pray is difficult. But that is how you walk in speed, in the spirit. Because in that time, the road is clear. So, doing things ordinary people don't do is how you speed in the spirit realm. People don't like to fast. It is when you fast that you see speed. People don't like to pray. It is when you sacrifice to pray that you see the hand of God. People don't like to give. It is when you give sacrificially. When it is impossible, that's how you pave your way to speed. So that same road, there is traffic in the daytime. When I woke up at dawn, when all were asleep, that sacrifice kept me on the journey here within 20 minutes. That same road. That same road. But that's just by the way. Number four. We said every great man or woman of God throughout history has spent much time alone with God. Mention the name of any person whose faith on earth was an encouragement to you. You realize that they never messed up with their devotion and their daily fellowship with God. I've told you on countless occasions, if you are too busy for God, then you are too busy. And number five, we said because we can never be healthy growing Christians without fellowship with God daily. So we concluded by saying that per these five things, if you are not daily fellowshipping with God, that means you are missing out on the privilege for which you were created for. You are malfunctioning. We said number two, that means you are rejecting that which Jesus died for to make possible. Number three, we said you will never experience the same power and refreshment that Jesus did experience on earth. And number four, we said you would never be greatly used of God. I've heard Christians say, Lord, use me. There are terms and conditions for usage. God just doesn't use one man of God said, even you, when you look at yourself, will you use yourself the way you are? Will you use the way you are? And I'm afraid you will remain a weak and sickly Christian your life. Say, Lord, use me. Lord, use me. Even the devil does not want to use you. You are too lazy to be used. Hallelujah. So, we, we got into a certain very important reality and we said that in John chapter 15 where Jesus commanded us to abide in him we began to say that quiet time is the best definition of what abiding in Christ we said the word abide is from the Greek word meno which means remain it means to stay it means to continue to dwell it means to live it means to draw strength and it means to rest so when Jesus says abide in me, he's saying continue to dwell in me. 
So abiding in Jesus Christ is not a passive reality. As if we are just there in Christ. There's, there's, I mean, no, no, no. Abiding in Christ is an active reality. So if I take you to a university and I pay your school fees as my son and I say, continue from where I've left for you. When you are studying, you are abiding in the school. You are doing what it takes to remain a student. If you don't study, you'll be sacked from the school because you will not meet your GPA. Are you getting that? So, abiding in Christ is continuing to do doing what it takes to remain in Christ. So, we have explained there's a difference between being in Christ and what? Abiding in Christ. Being in Christ was an act of faith. When you believe Jesus Christ, if any man be in. So through faith, you are in Christ. But now Jesus said to you to abide in him. He's telling those who are in him to abide. So he's telling them, do what it takes to stay in me. Continue to dwell in me. So that one comes by a certain work that you must do. Praise God. And we said that when the Bible says abide in Jesus Christ, it means three things. It means to abide in his word. It also means to abide what? In his love. And number three, to abide in his presence. Hallelujah. Now, we began to look at quiet time problems. The problems of abiding. The problems of not abiding in Christ to you when you don't do your quiet what happens to you when you don't abide in Christ from John 15 we began to look we said the first problem is food problem spiritually bad as God number two we said purity problems you begin to walk in filth as a child of God number three is strength problems you become weak in the spirit number four is withering problems that means you dry up in your faith number five is suffering and agony problems which means you begin to experience suffering in your Christian life Number six is prayer problems. That means you will not have many prayers answered. Number seven is shame problems because you will never bring glory to God according to John 15. You can read all these things out there in John 15. Number eight is obedience problem. That means you will live in rebellion. And number nine is joy problems. You will never experience the fullness of joy because the fullness of joy is in his presence. So you must be in his presence to experience it. That's in Psalm 16, I think from the verse 11 from verse 8 to 11 it is in his presence that there is fullness of joy so you must be in his presence to experience fullness of joy are, are you getting this thing alright so um, last week we began to look at more problems in the book of Isaiah chapter 5 from the verse 1 to 7 more problems of not ab- abiding in Christ so what we looked at last two weeks was New Testament problems of not abiding the Old Testament also begins to give us problems of in when you when you stop doing your quiet time, these problems will, will come to you, it will happen to you. So in Isaiah chapter 5, from the verse 1 to 7, let me see if I could get there, then bless you with that reality. Hallelujah. Isaiah chapter 5 from the verse 1 to 7. So, uh, because of time, I don't have to read everything. So, we began to look at the problems from the verse 5. He says, and now go, he says, and now go to, I will tell you what I will do to my vineyard. Because uh, a man planted a vineyard expecting to have fruit, which we call grapes. When he came, it has rather produced wild grapes. And a husbandman was asking that, ah, so investment in you is that what you are producing for me and God used that as a parable and a prophecy to the nation Israel and I told you last week that we are the spiritual Israel and God is a husband man he has planted us in Christ Jesus and he's picked fruit and he's in him fruit for him boy put him wild grapes that means an unpleasant God eat from so he began to say that this is what is going to happen to you because you are not producing the right food I intend. Are you following? So number one, he says, I will, this is what I'll do to my vineyard. I will take away the hedge thereof. So we said the first problem of not abiding in Christ, according to Isaiah 5, is that you have no hedge. That 
means you become exposed and vulnerable as a child of God. Listen to me carefully. Don't think just because you are still be well with you. Don't. That's a deception. It's a deception that as long as I've entered into Christ, everything will be fine. Don't deceive yourself. It doesn't work that way. There are protocols to observe, to be able to enjoy the real life that God intends. So some people think that when you become a child of God, you know, there's nothing you do, you are just in Christ, everything must be working out for your good. If you read Romans 8.28, you realize that Romans 28 came from Romans 8.26. In Romans 8.26, he spoke about prayer, praying the spirit, the spirit helped our infirmity. For we did not know what to pray for, even as we ought to. So he was speaking about prayer. In Romans 8.28, he says, all things work together for good. To them that love God and to them that are called according to his purposes. So it is not every Christian that all things work together for their good. Are you following me? It is not every Christian that all things work together for their good. There are conditions. Number one, you must have a prayer life. Number two, you must love God. And number three, you must be walking according to his purposes. So if you are not walking according to his purpose for your life, things will not work for your good. Eh, one, man, one man of God said something. He says, speed is not an advantage if you're on the wrong road. <laughs> Imagine you're supposed to go to Kumasi and you enter Cape Coast Road and you were speeding on Cape Coast Road. You were on 160. And you were passing all the cars and you were laughing. When you pass, you say, I see you, I see you. You're supposed to be in Kumasi and you're on Cape Coast Road and you are speeding. So all the cars you are bypassing, it is not an advantage. Because you are where? On the wrong road. So speed is not an advantage when you're on the wrong road. Let me remind you. If you are not walking in God's perfect will and purpose for your life, eh, you are of all men the most miserable. Do everything it takes to know why God called you. I'm telling you for, I have I've been in ministry almost 15 years. Eh? It was last year after my 40 days fast that I actually found out why God called me. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? found out his purpose for me in your life. So, what if I, I, oh my goodness, Father, thank you. I'm so grateful. Thank you that you showed it to me. So you do everything possible. It, it didn't come while eating. It came while seeking. I am telling you, it came while I was seeking him. That's why I'm so glad that we have more younger people here. Listen, waste yourself on Jesus now. Love on him now. Sacrifice for him now. It is good for a young man to bear his yoke in the time of his youth. Don't wait until you are 50 years. As you are battling with diabetes, you want to know what God wants you to do. So he says, no hedge. No hedge. You become loose. Anything, anything can happen to you. Satan can shoot arrows. He can attack you easily. He can take things around you. He can steal from you because you are exposed. He says, no hedge. Any house without a gate will be easily and more prone to attacks from armed robbers than a house that has a gate. When you go to a house and it has a wall, eh? and then the wall also has those metal, this what do you call it? Security. Security fences. It's not barbed wire. It's security fences, right? It was made of barbed wire. But it's a security fence, right? So it, it's surrounding the whole wall. Now, can someone easily break into it? You can't easily break into it. Imagine you have locked your door. When you sleep, but a compound house that has no gate, 
Those of you stay there, you can tell us. Without a wall. I even realize anybody who enter, you know why? Because there is no hedge. And you'll be shocked. Now, now, let me take you to the book of Job. Oh, you, you should be glad you are here. I'm telling you, because the things you are learning here are serious things. Now, Satan acknowledged. Now, remember what the Bible said about Job. Okay, now look at Job chapter 1. He says, There was a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job, and the man was perfect and upright. That means, you know, Job was, was for God, but Job did not say, uh, I fear God only. There were some things that Job was doing that made him experience a certain experience in God. He says, He was upright and perfect, and one that what feared God and eschewed evil. Now, when Satan appeared, he says, and he's um, come to verse um, 6. Now, there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. And what? Satan also came amongst them. I'm sure someone is wondering, what's Satan doing there because Satan is an enemy of God? Now, you see, in the spirit, you need to understand what we call legalities. Say legalities. Now, Adam was given authority over the earth. And he was also given access to heaven. That's how come Adam was naked, yet he didn't realize he was naked until he fell. That means, though Adam was on earth, he was lost with God in heaven. So it was after the fall came, he realized he was naked. That means he had become earthbound and carnal and fleshly. You get that? In the spirit, because Adam obeyed Satan, he handed over the authority of the earth and access to go into God's presence into Satan's hands. That's why when Satan appeared to Jesus in Matthew 4, he showed him the kingdoms of the world. He says, if you bow, I will give it to you because it was given to me. Go read your Bible. So Satan entered God's presence with Adamic authority and God didn't say anything. We call it what? Legalities. God respects... When I say legal issue, I'm talking about spiritual laws. You can be a Christian. Satan, the legality burial. I'll give you an example. You stole something in the house. They say, who stole it? You stole it. He said, no, I didn't steal it. Are you sure you stole it? You didn't steal it. Hey! For the last time, oh no, we are here. I said, no. And they came. Anyone who stole this money, you will never prosper with your entire generation. You are a Christian who speaks in tongues. But the lie you told became a legal ground. Satan in the courtroom of heaven can say that, you see, it am I for. He did it. No, Satan will say that to God. You are in Christ, but there is a legal access you give. That's what the Bible says. Speak the truth at all times. So, truth becomes a legality that saves you from say something. From what? Condemnation. From curses. Because the Bible tells us there is no curse without a cause. So, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law, but there are legalities that can place a curse upon your life and it will work. So, for example, if you are chasing someone's husband or someone's wife, and the woman sits down in tears and says that any woman after my husband who has caused my family pain, you are speaking in tongues. As I sit on this floor naked, I'm meeting me to a chichi phone. She will never conceive a child. Her whole family will never conceive. Now, hear me carefully. Hear me carefully. If that woman says that word out of pain, in the spirit, Satan capitalized on that word. Though you are a Christian, he has gained legal access to make sure that you will never conceive in your entire generation. So there are people today who are finding it hard to conceive. I am sure someone in the bloodline was chasing someone's husband. But the person is not aware. You see, that's like we need to be very careful when it comes to some of these things. 
I explained to you about uh, what, um, what, what one man of God shared that there was a twin whose other twin died and then after that a woman appealed to her I know physically or in a dream and the woman said you owe me he said how your mother when she was young was not having a child and she came to a fetish priest I was the God that provided the baby he said but my mother is dead he said that's what the demon said he says even we in the spirit our own is worse we make sure we claim anything you owe us so if your mother doesn't pay the children will pay this is a legality this guy is a Christian speaks in tongues I'm sure he's also following a man of God it's a what legality and God because he respects legality he will leave it until you address it am I helping someone why is that when Adam sinned I mean God could have used his power to restore man and say my Adam go back into the garden God is all powerful he could do everything right but God understood legality in the spirit the moment he breaks that law he's no longer God he's no longer holy again because he says he's holy and righteous if you are holy that means sin must be punished if you are just it means that you must take justifiable causes so God had to punish man but find a way of saving man so God drove man out of the garden out of love because if he left him there he would have gone back to eat from the tree of life and he would have remained eternally condemned as a sinner so God is legal just like spirits are legal so he had to wait for 4,000 years and then he himself because no man could save man he himself came to the earth and he came to save man are you following this thing? So, look at what I don't even know what brought us here. Eh? And that it has even taken 10 minutes of the time. Let's now. But did you get something from there? Mm-hmm. So be, be very careful so you don't bring legal things upon your life. That's what we are trying to say. And the Lord said unto Satan, Whence comest thou? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, from going to and fro in the earth and from walking up and down in it. (laughs) And the Lord said unto Satan, hast thou considered my servant Job that there is none like him in the earth, a perfect and an upright man. May God say this thing about you. One that feared God. God is saying that Job feared God. God was the one saying it. And eschewed evil. Then Satan answered and said, Do what Job fear God for nothing? Has not thou made what? What? A hedge about him and about what? His house and about all that he had on. That means that God can make a hedge around you around your family around your car around your house and around your goods you don't know there are people who sell things by the time they come part of the money is missing there is no hedge around it you don't know these are legal things Satan can steal your money spiritually when there is a legality <laughs> so he's saying that has thou not made a hedge so Satan acknowledged God's hedge around him and the only way Satan could attack was when God removed what? the hedge look at it he says thou hast blessed the work of his hands that means God can bless the work of your hands may God bless the work of your hands and his substance is increased in the land may your substance increase in this land of Ghana in Jesus name but put forth thy hand now and touch all he had and he will cast thee to thy face watch that and the Lord said unto Satan behold all that he had is in thy power so it was God that permitted him 
only upon himself, put not forth thy hand. So Satan went forth from the presence of God. Satan went forth from the presence of God. Are you seeing that? So Satan acknowledged that there are some believers who are heavily guarded. Who have a hedge around them. Are you following this thing at all? And in Isaiah chapter 5, from the verse 5, he's saying that one of the problems of not abiding in is what? No hedge. Say it again. Say no hedge. Please, I want to beg you. Imagine before you go out in the morning, you spend 30 minutes with Jesus Christ. You pray. You pray for the president of Ghana. You first start with worship. I'm going to come there soon. You first start singing worship for five minutes. You bless the Lord and thank him for all the things he's done for you. For giving you eternal life. For protecting you. For waking you up from birth again. Uh, for, for, I mean, for your information, do you know that it was not your alarm clock that woke you up? Put the alarm clock beside, beside a dead body and see whether the dead body will rise up. So, any day you wake up, it is not the alarm that woke you up. It was God. So, you thank him for it. You bless him. You give him praise. You give him glory and adoration. Then you start by doing intercessions after thanksgiving and adoration. Then you pray for the president of Ghana. You pray for your family, your siblings. You pray that the gospel will have a free course and, and bring salvation to many in the land of Ghana. When you are done, then you come to your petition. Then you say, Father, as I go out, protect me. Someone says, my man of God, I've not been praying this prayer and I'm still protected. It's your pastor that is praying that prayer for you. If you don't know, I'm telling you. Listen, you need to understand it is either you are not praying or someone is praying for you. Because the day you become vulnerable for one second, Satan will take advantage of that one second to finish you. I'm telling you the truth. So if you think you're not praying, nothing is happening. The ministers are praying for you. Somebody's praying for you. I'm telling you. There are some of you who are not doing praying, you're not fasting, but anytime danger is coming, God finds a way to help you. It is your mother or your father praying for you. I'm telling you, your mother is praying for you, or your father is praying for you. One of them. That's why I don't joke with your pastor. Now, no, you know it's funny. The person praying, you, you yourself, nobody prays for you. And your pastor is praying for you. Eh? And you are angry with your pastor. Hey! Obi a vampire my oh. You hold such in high esteem. We call it Anna. It's not worship. It's a difference. It's called what? Anna. So, he says, no hedge. You are exposed and vulnerable. There are many Christians who don't have a hedge. So, you say, God, protect me. Father, as I go out, let your angels be giving charge over me. So, I'm, I'm sure you are, you are saying that because Psalm 91 says he shall give his angels charge over me, that means automatically the angels are giving charge. No. They are charged in prayer. I told you there, is, there are some technicalities about accessing God's promises. If you have money in your Momo alert, in your Momo account, is the money physical? Is where? It is there, but it is where? On the phone. If you want to withdraw the money, there is a process. Do you use the phone to hit the ground? Pa! I remove the money. There's a process. You go to a vendor. You give them your number. They send you a message. You allow cash out. Then you press in your code. Then you are allow. Then you accept it. Then they give you your money. Are you getting that? There are protocols for accessing God's promise. God has said it. It is yours. He says you protect you. It is yours. But you have to access it by prayer. By standing upon God's word, by saying, Father, your word said in Psalm 91, that's praying according to the will of God. 
Anytime you pray according to the will of God, you have trapped God. So, Father, on account of your promise, I demand that's you doing spiritual cash out. Your protection over my life as I go out today. In the name of Jesus, you'll be shocked. No harm will be for you. Listen, don't live as a Christian by chance. Eh? Live by the word. Live by the word. You know what I'm seeing in the spirit? I see angels rejoicing in this house. Yes. Uh, and I don't know why. Up to now, I still don't know why. I'm sure. That's what I'm seeing. In the spirit, eh, there are so many activities going on. Plenty. And one of the things I'm seeing is angels rejoicing and dancing. This is amazing. I wish you could stop and do some spiritual things now, but no. No, 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 no. I have to control myself and teach you. Only for shall come. Let's move to the word of God. <laughs> Number two, he said. What's the second one? You'll be eating up. That's number two. The second problem of not abiding is you become devourable. Do you know that Satan is seeking to destroy you? Or you don't know? Oh, you, or you think you're the most beautiful in your family, eh? Precious princess. Wow. Everybody likes you, right? <laughs> you are a nice guy, right? Fine boy. Fine girl. <laughs> huh? Satan is looking for you. I'm, I'm telling you, Satan is looking for you. I'm telling you the truth. He's, he, how do I know? I, I know by scripture. First Peter 5 8. He's telling you that be sober and what? Vigilant. He's telling the Christian to be watchful, observant. Don't be slack in the spirit. There are many Christians who don't care about what goes on in the spirit. If you're a Christian who doesn't do your quiet time, do you know what you're saying? You are not vigilant. That's how you investigate in the spirit realm what is going on. He says be sober. The word sober means self-controlled. Sometimes you have to wake up at dawn. You are feeling sleepy. Get up from the bed and brush your teeth and pray. I'm a practitioner of the spirit realm, so I understand how to pray. He says, because your adversary, he's telling you you have an enemy. Your adversary, who is? The devil. Listen, your your adversaries adversary are not human. So, if you find any human adversary, it is the adversary operating through him. Your adversary, the devil, as what? A roaring lion walketh about doing what? Seeking. That means Satan's Satan is in a seeking ministry. You no know, seeking, searching. He's searching for loose believers. Believers who don't care about their spiritual lives. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you something serious. Though. He's searching for Christians who don't care about their spiritual life. Christians who are loose. Christians who say anything that comes into their mouth. Hey, me whoa. And you hear it. What? Who is that? <laughs> what? Who said she? <laughs> who said me whoa? Then you just come and investigate. He's, that's what the Bible says. He's seeking, searching. <laughs> hey, Radi. Charlie, this I'm teaching you, don't joke. He's searching for whom he may devour. So he's saying that when you don't do your quiet time, which means you're not abiding, what happens is that you'll be eating up. 
You become Satan's food. You become his tight. There are some of you, and the way you are behaving, Satan is preparing you. <laughs> or the Maggie, a goes to say, we steam you. It's your show. So you wake up in the morning, <laughs> you go and bath, you leave, you go and full eye the day, so you come and you're tired. Oh no. There are some of you on the three weeks. And then you are with me. Or the And salad. Hey. What I'm teaching you is no joke. Don't joke with it. I had to go and um, see one man of God. And the time he gave me, I had to set off on time. So I left home six o'clock. And normally I pray into the dawn. So because of that, I couldn't do my morning prayers. In the car, it took about one hour, 30 minutes. I was going with someone. I told him we can't have a conversation. He's a pastor. I, but I told him we can't have a conversation. We have to use that time to pray. So we're speaking in tongues. We spoke in tongues until ah, we got to the place. And I used that for the morning prayer. So you, what are you doing? What excuse do you have? You are not able to do your morning devotion. Then on your way in the trotro, wear nose mask and pray in the mask. Thank God in Ghana, nobody will be arrested for praying in tongues. Will you be arrested? No. When you are doing that, then you are making yourself undevorable. I feel the Holy Ghost here. Number three. What's the next one? Break down, no protection. Remember, the first one is that you become vulnerable, no hedge. This one, he says, your walls will be broken down. Look, he says, he says, uh, break down will break down the wall thereof. So the first one is your gate. The second one is your walls. Please, are you following this one? So he says you have no hedge. He says that what? I'll break down the wall thereof. So that means you become a child of God without protection. Do you know something? Okay, maybe some of you get it later, so you let's stick here. Number four. And it shall be what? Trodding down. So the fourth thing that happens is that you'll be downtrodding or trodding down. That means you will you become a defeated believer. You will live a defeated life as a child of God. A defeated life as a child of God. Then quickly, number five, right? Look at the verse 6. It says, and I will lay it what? Waste. That means you'll be laid in waste. That's the fifth thing, number 5. You'll be laid in waste. That means you will live a wasted life. Hey. Wasted life. Wasted life. There are some of you, all the times you are using for season movies and stuff it is in the end you realize that you are wasting your life you know if you are here there are some teachings that will never leave so if you are thinking maybe after some two years it will pass on eh, there are some teachings that will never pass on here you will hear it you can't be a child of God and be watching season movie for five hours a day what's wrong with you six hours seven hours you watch season movie six a.m. you finish 5 p.m. Korean series. And there is nothing in it. You'll be watching it. It's, it's about a girl. Some fianga girl being so annoying. And the girl is flexing the boy. I'm not, I'm not in this. I'm, I don't like it. Leave me alone. And I say, oh, why is he doing that to him? Now, so you tell me, what edifies you in the Korean series? What edifies? Number one, you're not a Korean. 
Number two, you don't understand a language. So, hey, what can say more? You don't understand the language. It you are able to read the interpretation. Yet you can interpret tongues. I pity you, I'm telling you. You're able to follow. So if you miss one word, then you rewind. Then you check the interpreter. What did he say? What, what did he say? What did he say? Then you read it. Then you continue watching. Hey, I, I, I shall give you, I'm telling you. I shall. Someone says I don't understand. Why should I understand Korean movie? You watch Korean series now. Now, at the end of the day, after watching that series, I just need to find out from you what did you gain in that time? You learn about what love. There is no reason you give me to convince me that you can watch Korean series from morning to evening. No, if you can watch, let's say, one episode or two episodes, you are done. You go back to more edifying things. Huh? Then you'll be watching this one, this one. The, every movie, they'll keep you in suspense. So you want to watch the next one. That's how it is. All this is part of the traps of Satan. He'll keep you in suspense. Then you'll be, you know, you'll be procrastinating uh, the time you're supposed to spend in doing edifying things. I'm helping you. Some of you are just wasting your life. And the things educating you are wrong things. Are you following what I'm saying? You get it, eh? Like, you see, the, the nature of your face, eh? It doesn't worry me. Don't think that, oh, it's like they're feeling bad. How you feel? Doesn't I don't feel it. <laughs> ah, you don't know. As long as I'm telling you the truth, I don't feel it. He said that you believe in waste. <laughs> Number six. Look at the next one. It says it shall not be pruned. This one is dangerous. Number six. That means you will not be pruned. Now, when you prune something, that means you you take. Um, um, how do I explain it? Come again. You take the excesses around it. You shape it. Are you getting it? So that means God will not find any platform to even correct you. To not be pruned means you, you will be uncared for. That means you won't experience God's discipline in your life. Oh, I'm teaching good here. That makes you a spiritual bastard. According to Hebrews chapter 12 from the verse 5 to 14. <laughs> Thank you, Holy Spirit. Quickly, we move to number what? Seven. Now look, he says, nor what? Digged. Nor what? Now, that word signifies depth. That means you become a shallow believer. God can never deposit anything in you. Now, before you sow a seed, you have to dig the ground, right? Before God can open you, can put something in you, he has to dig you up. He says you will not be digged. That means you become a shallow believer. God cannot deposit anything meaningful into your life. Are we following this thing? You'll become untended as a child of God. Number what? Eight. He says what? There shall come up what? Breast and thorns. Now remember, the curse released in the book of Genesis. Chapter number four. Ch chapter three. It says the ground shall produce what? Thorns and thistles. The same thing. Now, when a plant is growing, if you remember Matthew chapter 13, when Jesus gave a parable of a farmer going out to sow seeds, some fell upon uh, the, the, the rocks, some fell upon the, uh, um, 
tongues, right? He says the one that fell upon the tongues, had, uh, he says what happened was when they were growing and the tongues began to choke it. God said to Israel that if you don't sack those countries and neighboring nations around you, they will soon become a thorn in your flesh. So tongues represent limitations. mainly signifies limitations. That means you will have so many limitations in your life. You become limited. Listen, the more you do quiet time, spend time with God, what happens is that you begin to enlarge. You begin to enlarge. He says, there will come up words and tongues. Your life will be limited. Next point. This one is the final one. It's too deep. I will also command the clouds that they what? They rain no rain upon it. So the final one is no rain. If you're not doing your quiet time, I pity you. God is telling you that you have no rain. And in the realm of the spirit, rain means something very serious. Number one, rain means refreshment. Look at how the sun has been shining. When it begins raining, look at what happens. You get refreshed. It is out of rain that crops grow. When it rains, places that are dirty becomes clean. You, the Holy Spirit was teaching me. Now look at the book of Genesis chapter 2 the verse 4. God didn't just command grass to grow. Check the Bible. Now, look at the verse 4. He says, these, um, Genesis 2, what did I say? 2 verse 4. All right. Good. Now, look at the verse 4. He says, the, these are the generations of the heavens and, the, and of the earth when they were created in the day the Lord God had made what? The earth and the heavens. Look at the verse 5. He says, and every plant of the field before it was in the earth, and every herb of what? The field before what? It grew. For the Lord God had not caused it to rain upon the earth. So, when God called the grass and the herbs of the earth to grow, it didn't come when he spoke when he spoke it into being, he says that he didn't come because God had not what? What? Caused it to rain upon it. And part of the problems you have when you don't do your quiet time is that there is no rain. You know what it means? You will never grow. You can, you can put a seed in the soil without rain, without water falling upon it. That seed will never grow. Meanwhile, it's a a correct seed. It is not how correct the seed is. It is the range that causes it to grow, right? That means you will never experience spiritual growth. No rain. No rain. So you experience spiritual dryness. Dryness. Because there will be no rain. Remember in 1 Kings chapter 17 when Elijah came, he says, Before God who I stand, there shall be no rain. Remember there was farming for three and a half years. Look at the kind of lives that people were living during that time because there was no rain. Their crops were affected. Their health was affected. Their, their, their nation was affected. Their food was affected because if animals are not drinking water and they are dying, we live in our food to eat everything was being affected. There was famine in the nation. So, listen, when there is no rain in your life, it affects your spiritual health. So, God is saying, it is in quiet time that he rains upon you. It is in quiet time that his, his spirit, that the Holy Spirit, has full access into your life. That's where his ministry will be made evident. There are some of you, the Holy Ghost in you is in you by his dormant. He has been hibernated. 
His ministry is only effective in your life. Look at Isaiah chapter 44, the verse 3 and 4. Isaiah 44, 3 and 4. Look, he says, For I will pour water upon him that is thirsty and floods upon what? Dry ground. I will pour my spirit upon thy seed and my blessing upon, upon thy offspring. Look at the verse 4. And they shall spring up as among the grass as the willows by the water courses. Come to the verse 3 again. <laughs> Read that again. I will pour water upon him that is thirsty. When you do your quiet time, you are saying that you are thirsty. That's why you are coming for drink. You are coming for rain. You are coming for water. I will pour flowers upon the dry ground. You come to God proving that you are dry. So you see, without doing your quiet time, eh, you are a proud person. You are dry. Yet you are behaving as though you have water. You are, you are thirsty. Yet you are behaving as though you are already filled. Isn't that pride? It's like someone who is sick and he says, I don't need a physician. Huh? We must be serious. Oh. We must be serious with God. <laughs> 